We're taking your questions and talking about kink. Welcome to BSing with Barak and Sheba on the Erotic Awakening Podcast. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. So what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about highly sexual topics (laughs) (laughs) that are frank discussions. And Frank, he just left the room. Frank, come back, Frank. Frank. Okay, so we have a question. At least a question. A question. A question. It is actually question number three. And three shall be the count mm-hmm. of the number of the question. So, <laughs> here's the question of the number three, which is the count. Have you found that your vanilla friends hit the road when they realized or found out that you were one of those people? I.e., do your vanilla friends even know about the kinky part of your life? And if they did, would they be shocked? Hmm. Hmm. I have vanilla friends. Mm-hmm. I have lots of vanilla friends. And some know what we do, and some don't know what we do. And I like it that way. I like to balance out. I like to have the balance mm-hmm. of... Um, because most of you know that Birk and Sheba are not our real names. Dun, dun, dun. You know? And sometimes I like to take off that mask of Birk and Sheba and just become who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, in a safe environment with other people who are just, you know, vanilla. Not kinky. Freaking soccer moms, you know? Mm. Where I don't have to have discussions of a kink nature. You know, sometimes I just want to let that go. One of the things that I've noticed, it's kind of interesting because I, I was thinking about this particular topic a while back that you and I have gone through three transitions three. in our relationship. Yeah. Oh, we've gone through more than three. Well, let's, let's just say three <laughs> migrations of friends. Oh, migrations. It's a good word. <laughs> when we were first, when we were first together, I was involved with a motorcycle rights organization in the state. Mm-hmm. And so we had a specific set of biker friends. And we would hang out with the biker friends and we would do things with the biker friends and go riding with the biker friends and so forth and so on. And we talked a lot about biking and motorcycling and riding and so forth and all the things that you talk about when you are a motorcyclist or a biker. And as I left the motorcycle rights organization back in the, in the early, uh, in the early th- 2000s, we started to do other things. We started the spiritual path together. You and I were doing a lot of the drumming circles and, and the, the study groups and stuff like that. And we had a lot of woo friends and we had a lot of woo friends and a lot of those biker friends dropped off because they weren't really interested in hearing about the woo. No, that's true. And, but some of them stayed, some of them stayed, but only, only a core couple. And, uh, then as we started to, as we started to, uh, uh, get trained in sacred uh, sexuality, and we started to move it toward kink in the in the in the in the early nine in the early two thousands. Um, you know, somewhere around what was that two thousand and three and four. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. But anyway, anyway, as we started to move from the woo to the sex more sexual aspects of of spirituality, 
<clears throat> between our our training and then the training paths and the and the cues and the things that we were involved with at the time, um, we started to lose some of those woo friends, and mm-hmm. we started to gain kink friends. I remember one particular woo friend mm-hmm. used to refer to the initial parties that we had at our house mm-hmm. um, as the as the beat 'em up crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely dropped off oh, rather yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and it was interesting because when we would have a lot of those drum circles, uh, the first part of the drumming was, started around 6 p.m. And we did this drums, drum thing. And and that lasted until about 7, 7.30. Then we would eat and do a quick meditation. And then uh, as the night continued... The clothes came off. The, right. The clothes started <laughs> to come off. And people got a lot more highly sexual. And people knew... The people who were joining us knew that after the first break, if they didn't want to engage in that sexual energy, they could either stay in the house with a drum circle or they could gravitate out. And they, But they were fine with, with whatever we were doing. As we got more involved in the kink community, more of our friends became kinkier and kinkier. And it turned out that... So, so, I, so I think the answer to the question is, for us... We have series of friends. We have we have gravitations of of losing and gaining friends mm-hmm. as uh, as we change our life path, as we go after, as we seek our bliss and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a definite comfort level that that people um, in the lifestyle find with other people in the lifestyle mm-hmm. because we can talk about. Um, a range of topics with each other and we speak the same language yep you know so we tend to gravitate toward people who at least know what it is you know that we that we do and and at least know how we choose to to live our lives mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so. it's true but it's i true. do like to fake it i do like to be vanilla now and then mm-hmm. i i'll tell you i it's i don't know that it's faking it i just i think that Man cannot live on bread alone. And so if we are we're consistently engaged in kink that that so so that it overshadows all the other aspects of our lives, that what's it what what can we compare it to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it no longer is is as exciting because it's it's become the mundane. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that it's important to have a diversity in your relationships. Now, back to the question, which is, uh, do have we found vanilla friends who hit the road when they realized that we were kinky? Some have, absolutely. Some have said, I just don't understand it. I don't want to be a part of it. I have no interest in it. Goodbye. Other well, pe- and not even really goodbye. Yeah. You know, it's just the... They don't show up anymore. They Yeah, they don't come to anything that we invite them to. We don't get phone calls. There's mm-hmm. no texts. You don't send me flowers anymore. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And so and so there's, there's that aspect of it. And then there's the other aspect, which some of my vanilla friends know. They say, yeah, not interested. Right. So let's not talk about that. Let's go... Let's talk about our dogs. Right. Let's go ski ball. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's roll big balls down a court toward pins or some shit like that. Let's, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's go bowling. So, so it depends. I like that. You're talking about big balls <laughs> and he's got the biggest balls of them all. 
So the people who are vanilla in, in our lives, would they be shocked? No. I think that there are some people who, yes, yeah, would be shocked. I don't know. I don't know. Right, well, well, I don't know. Not Well, let's tell them and find out, shall right, we? Right, okay. Let's do that. Let's call them up right now and say, are you shocked at the fact that we're You're currently on kinky? the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kinks Are Us. How are you doing? So does that, I guess that, that kind of answers that question. Mm-hmm. The, um, yes, some of some of the vanilla friends, if we keep it away from them, I'm sure anybody would be shocked by a bizarre thing. But the most people in our lives are open-minded enough to go, okay, yes, there's always been something odd about you two or or whatever, and they would be they would probably be okay with it, or at least they would gravitate in a different direction. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a correct answer, as correct as we're going to get it. <laughs> I don't know. I think when it comes to BSing, you don't really have to be correct. That's true. That's true. There you go. Speaking of BSing, um, have you read our latest article on Sexist Magazine? I have. I have, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) If not, you can go to www.edenfantasies.com and read our latest. Mm -hmm. That's E-D-E-N-F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-S. Eden Fantasies. Or if you don't see it there. You can go to sexismagazine.com. One yeah. word. Mm-hmm. So, um, what have we been doing? Next what question. What is going on? No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 Okay, so, fine. Okay. Okay, fine. I think you're going to like this question. I might. I'm curious about your preferences of music. Oh. For the different types of scenes that you do. For instance, what types of bands, groups, or artists do you use for your rope scenes versus your rough play scenes? And knowing that you are, you know, a self-professed audiophile, sure. you know, you're going to love to talk about music, aren't you? I do. I love music. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, for, it depends on the scene, really. And like it's like it points out here, for like heavy, aggressive, hard scenes, I love the... Um, the scene music that we that we've created for AIS, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and every once in a while, I'll have people contact me and say, "Hey, I, I love your playlist. Your playlist is fantastic. Let's let's can I have a copy of that?" And the answer is, "No, you can't." <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is it's proprietary uh, music that we create. Uh, essentially, I use an MP3 creator and a waveform creator similar to GarageBand. And what I do is take the music that is the, the type of music I like to use, which, which is progressive uh, GOA-style music. It's more of a house kind of fast, progressive electronica that has a specific beat count. And I, for every hour of music you listen to, I've spent 10 hours mixing it and blending it and... It's a lot of a pain in the ass for me, but it's worth it in my mind. We have probably 15 or 18 hours of, of music that I've mixed up, which equates to almost 20, 20 uh, equates to almost 100 hours of, of my time in front of a computer mixing this stuff. And why I can't give it out is because it's not mine. It's copyrighted material, and I'm acting as the DJ, and I'm allowed to mix this stuff up but I'm not allowed to give it out because that's a copyright violation. I'm not allowed to uh, do those things anyway. So for 
much more upbeat music. I prefer the AIX mixes. And for the rope music, I like uh, some specific bands like uh, Entheogenic and Bioluminescence. And they're these kind of like wacky electronica that's nice and slow. It's got a good beat pattern to it. It's more of a... Sounds like more of a heartbeat than it does a fast doom 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 doom, or as my friend uh, from work goes, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, but I don't get into uh, I don't get into any kind of music that's like got words because that just distracts me. I like to listen to the words of the music and I. Then yeah, it, then I'd be beating someone singing along. Right. Which could be distracting. The totally. Totally. <laughs> So that's what I like. I like for rough body play and, and I like fast upbeat stuff that has a specific one, uh, 110 to 140 beat count. And um, for rope music, I like something more ethereal, something more kind of whacked out, so to speak. And if I'm doing like fire play or wax play or I'm, I'm having a pedicure done by someone, I usually like um, Native American flute mm-hmm. or... Um, acoustic uh, guitar, something that's just kind of mellow and, and sets the mood for just a um, an intimate, you know, frame of mind with the person that I'm connecting with who's doing service for me. Aww. Aww. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I do like I do I, I like background music all the time, and I I'm, I so it's from- true. When we're fucking, I usually hum. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you're humming when your lips are on my cock. Mm. Vibration. It's good. It's good. You go through the. You, do, have you ever? Have I don't know that you've ever done this, but you. Um, there's somebody who goes through the the vowels. E E I O U. No. Right. And I try not to hum any type of song that you're going to recognize no, when I'm on your cock yeah. because then you might be starting to sing along and that would be ridiculous. I totally would. <laughs> be like Bob Seger, you know? Right. <laughs> Take those old records off the shelf. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So what have you been doing lately? What's Besides been mixing up music for the next AIS event mm-hmm. so, and gearing up for Wicked. Yeah. Well, we have we just had the season's beatings party. Mm. That was a blast. That was a good time. We it was packed. It was. It was. I, I was so surprised. We, and I had a really great time. I did too. I did some spinning. Some spinning. Yeah, oh, right, right. I did a great rope thing where he just like spun me like a freaking top. It was fabulous. Yeah. Can we can we actually say his name on the podcast? No, I haven't gotten permission to do that. Oh. Well, there's this rope top. And he's rather young. Well, not so young, but he's... Yeah, he's young. He's young. I'm he's a cougar. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's from northern, uh, northern um, Ohio. Comes down every once in a while. And him and his girls are really uh, accomplished at creating rope and at, uh, and at tying. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was quite impressed myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got a great time that night. I had a great time that night. It's I love those I love those one night parties at Princeton because it gives me the opportunity to kind of do that Ronco thing and set it and forget it. 
<laughs> Ronco. Have you seen those commercials? <laughs> yes, I have, but not in a long time. <laughs> right. See those commercials? They turn on the, you know, they pop a turkey in, a, in this little, you know, what looks to be a toaster oven. And he turns around and says, okay, everybody, you can set it and forget it. And the whole audience says, set it and forget it. And he turns it on to whatever. And, you know, and, and when it doesn't explode, you're so totally surprised. But an hour later, they, 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 they Flip. pull out a cake and it's right. fully baked and frosted exactly. too. <laughs> exactly. And it says Ronco right on the front. <laughs> yeah. So, so I love the seasons beatings events where we get to actually play and have a good time. And because mm-hmm. when we're running wicked and when we're running uh cope and, and some of the larger things that we do, we're just running around crazy. And we have plenty of times to do, to do drive bys and to do smaller scenes, but a lot of times we don't have the ability to do a full intimate scene hmm. and it's, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's, you know, it's part of our give, give away to the community, I suppose. Oh, it's when you bottom for the community. Aww. Aww. Everybody take turns spanking Barrick. Exactly. <laughs> so we've also just gotten through the first of the holidays. I hope everyone shared what they were thankful for on Thanksgiving. I was thankful for passing out after the turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I was thankful for getting out of the house and being able to walk around the little towns in upstate New York Mm -hmm. instead of sitting around and reading. That's true. That's true. We had, um, we went out to visit my parents. We, we don't, um, get an opportunity very much to, to visit my folks because they're so far away. And we were able to fly out, visit with them, have a good time, have some great turkey. love the pecan pie. Although I was corrected recently by my uh, one of the guys I work with, it's not pecan; it's pecan. Pecan. Mm-hmm. Pecan, pecan, tomato, tomato. Really, who cares? Right. It was freaking good. Exactly. A little whipped cream. <laughs> I'd smear that shit all over somebody. Ooh! I'll volunteer. I got places you can smear. You Just get saying. a yeast infection from that, won't you? Well. See, you were thinking of smearing it someplace else. I wasn't. <laughs> Where are you thinking? Uh, someplace else. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so, um, what, next question. Next question. Next okay. question. All right. So, how can this is something that uh, we'll, we may even actually bring in Dan for this one because this is a, one of those questions that that. Um, Everybody loves the answer to, and and especially those of us who have been around in the community for a little while, we love to comment on this Is one. Is this number seven? No, it's number one. Number one? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So how can someone brand new call themselves Dom or Master? Aren't there dues to pay? <laughs> or some time that you should have to put in prior to claiming such a title? It's true. I, there, yes. The answer. The answer. I in my, did not have to put in any damn time to call myself a brat. That's true. <laughs> true. My and my thought is yes. There are dues to pay, and you can mail them to AIS.org <laughs> at seven seven two two PO Box uh, Columbus Ohio four three two zero seven. Um, it's uh, fifty nine ninety five for one year of calling yourself master. Please, <laughs> please don't hesitate to try it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that um, you can call yourself whatever the hell you want. I'm not going to participate in it right. if it's stupid. You know, if you call yourself Lord, Sir, Dragon Slayer, Monster, Master of the Universe, and Ruler of All That Exists, I will 
shorten it to jackass. <laughs> so uh, I might even call it to your face. And um, but the, I, I suppose the thing is, really, you can call yourself whatever you want at any point in time. If you want to be, uh, you know, 19 years old, brand new to the scene, and call yourself master, please do. If you want to be 51 and brand new to the scene and call yourself master, go right ahead. The question is is that. I mean, we are not really a strictly leather organization. In fact, we're not a leather organization at all. We're a kink organization. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to call yourself sir, if you want to call yourself ma'am, if you want to call yourself a dom. If you want to call yourself princess. Mm-hmm. Go which ahead. Which I do. I'm just saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Call yourself whatever you want. I don't, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. You know, you're not my master. I don't give a shit. But I am your princess, right? <laughs> yes, of course you are. Um... And there's a part of me that uh, there's also the part of me that uh, is ex-military and and realizes that there is a there is a, a form of um, hierarchy that goes with the appropriate way. I mean, as a uh, as a uh, when I was with a motorcycle club, you didn't just walk in and go, "Okay, I'm the sergeant at arms." You had to do pay your dues. You had to you had to you had to at least be a member. You had to be a member in you had, good standing in for good a certain standing, amount right. of right, and you, you know, had to time. you had to kind of uh, make your mark. You had to you had be, to impress people with mm-hmm. your ability, you know, to, to communicate, and control right. a room, and right, right. So, in, in in the kink community, it's not that way. It's really not in the kink community. Well, I think it is if you want to be respected. That's true. As a dom or a master. Mm-hmm. Then you need to, you know, you need to be that role. You mm-hmm. need to, you know, perform as, you know, a person under that title would be expected to in order to earn the respect of others, you know, to to think of you as that role. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not, not being from the leather community or not being from the BDSM leather community, I can say that there are... There, there are I have heard that there are standards that have to be met based on where you are. Some people just step right into the community and immediately give themselves leather and say that I am a leather master and so forth and so on. And other people actually take the time to, to know what it's about, to do the research, to spend the time interning with other leather masters and, and learning about what, it's, um, what it takes to be part of the community, what it takes to be uh, able to handle somebody else's, uh, responsibly handle another person, to own another person. Mm-hmm. I, don't, uh, I don't think that's something that could be taken lightly. No. I know that if you are a slave without a master, you are still a slave. I know if you're a master without a slave, you're still a master. Mm-hmm. I don't think the ownership of said property and or um, the fact of being owned says you are one thing or another. You are what you're, what calls to you. So even if I'm not being snarky, I'm still a brat. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's like a, if a tree is standing in the forest and nobody sees it. Is it still wearing a tiara? Is it still wearing a tiara? Yes. It's still. It's still <laughs> yeah. if, a, if you know a car parked in a parking lot is still a car regardless of whether it's being driven or not. Mm. Mm. So that's my 
Is that your take on three that? and a half cents of that one? Okay. So somebody brand new can call themselves whatever they want. If mm-hmm. they want to call themselves a fire hydrant, please be a fire hydrant. But if they wanted to learn more about this, they could listen to the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Because each week you can listen to an original Erotic Awakening podcast with Dan and Don. It's an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic. And it also includes some history and some information about leather. Mm-hmm. Um, also, once monthly, you can catch a special episode of EA hosted by Lee Harrington. And another special episode once a month. No? You don't have anybody else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sir Bonnie and Top. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Sir, yeah. Sir Bonnie and Top. <laughs> Sir Top and Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hope they listen to this. Oh, you know they're going to And then we'll talk about it. titles with them. Because, yeah, they come at it from a... Mm-hmm. From a well, and and I know that I know that the original erotic awakenings with Dan and Dawn are actually doing right now some discussions on. Um, I always forget. I was listening to it the other day in the car, and it was. Uh, and as Dan rolls over to me, hi, Beck. Hi, Dan. Oh we're God! Mike. <laughs> can you just can you just put your arm around him just for me? So we're doing a four part <laughs> series about mm-hmm. the different typical stages of a power exchange relationship, mm-hmm. and we just talked about the same thing you did with uh, can you be a master without a slave? And um, to your question, to the person's question, if I go over to your Joe and Linda's house and I'm making that name up, and Joe and Linda say, "Oh, this is my girlfriend Linda," I don't care how they treat each other. If you say, oh, this is my slave, Linda, I start paying attention. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the title is. That's what I judge you on, how you interact. I'm mm-hmm. going back into the producer booth. <laughs> As Dan goes off into the producer booth. <laughs> yeah, so if you're interested in, in learning more about Power Exchange, uh, Dan and Don are doing currently the four-part series on, on Power Exchange. On the Erotic Awakening on podcast. On the Erotic Awakening podcast. Speaking of, of what's going on, um, what's AIS doing? We've got no a few idea. things coming up coming up in December, don't That's we? That's true. We do. We do. We have the meet and greet on the second Friday of the month, which is going to be December the 9th mm-hmm. at the 8 Ball on Morse Road. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we're going to have a little something special. We've been told by the promoters of Sexapalooza dun, that, dun, dun. that they are going to be sending us some free passes for our people. So we are really hoping to get those in time to bring mm-hmm. them to to that month, mm-hmm. to, you know, to this month's um, meet and greet. So yep. hopefully, we'll have those there. Well, I talked to I talked to the Sexapalooza people today. And they said they're currently printing them, or they're currently going to be printed. And they're coming from Canada, so it may... I, we're hoping to get them down here. They said they were going to send us plenty to cover anybody who showed up. So we'll be just handing them out at random, if they're able to get them to us. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out more information about Sexapalooza, or AIS's role in Sexapalooza, you can go to www.sexapalooza.ca slash shows slash Columbus underscore 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and AIS will be handling their their dungeon space, and mm-hmm. we'll also be doing some classes and, and offering up demonstrations. Absolutely. So. And if you're interested in uh, joining us for that, please don't hesitate to swing on by our meet and greet. Also, you can check out the event page of Sexapalooza on FetLife. Mm-hmm. Also, we have another thing happening um, the second week of December. We've got our TNG gathering, which happens on the second Tuesday of each month at Union on High Street. And that starts at about 630. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how about another question? <gasps> Okay. Okay. So this is this is appropriate for this month, don't you think? 
What are you asking Santa for this year? Oh. I, if you could call Paul Nolan Santa. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know who Paul Nolan is, I will explain really quick. Paul Nolan is the uh, owner crafter of Midwest Whips along with uh, uh, Lemon Lauren or Lauren Lemon. Uh, And they have made a, a whip for me in the past. And I'm discussing and negotiating and wheedling and wheeling with them to uh, make me another whip. And I'm hoping that it uh, it arrives before Wicked. I don't know that it's going to, though. Mm. It may it may have to wait until Cope. But I'm looking at something extremely unusual and quite interesting. Mm. So I'm asking Santa this year for some bling for my motorcycle. And I'm also asking Santa for a pair of Manola Blahniks. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what Manola Blahniks are, um, look it up. It's shoes that are about $1,000 a pair. <laughs> Not true. You can usually find it for half that cost. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you don't like those. You like the ones for 1000 We were at the Jimmy Choo store in, uh, where were we, in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm like, well, just look at those. Or she's like... Oh, those? No, I don't like those. I like these. And she pulls them over and hands them to me. And I'm like, they're $900 shoes. I don't get a blowjob with these shoes. I need a blowjob with these shoes if they're that much money. <laughs> okay, so, so so one one last question one last of question. the night. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, oh, oh, here's a good one. What... Should I do if I see something happening at an event that is causing a problem? Like someone interrupting scenes or speaking loudly near people who are playing or even walking through people's scenes. You should scream loudly and then (laughs) tackle them. Actually, um, you should contact a a uh, play space monitor or a dungeon monitor and let them know, you know, and then let that person who is responsible for the ambiance of the dungeon or play space um, approach the person who's causing a problem and deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's one option. Mm-hmm. What if there's not a play space monitor? Yes, because we don't. We don't traditionally see a lot of place-based monitors at the season speedings tours because, or the season speedings or the the Princeton events is mainly it's too small a room and everybody tries to monitor each other. So you should just tackle the person. Absolutely, scream and then throw them out a window. <laughs> no, um, any disruptions at all, you should report them to any one of the AIS staff members that you that you are aware of and know. If you don't know any of them. You can always find Sheba or me doing something. If we're in the middle of the scene and you interrupt us, we are going to scream and tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but see, this isn't an AIS event. If it's not an AIS event, you'll have to pay attention to whatever the rules of their house are. Mm-hmm. You know, if if, if they're uh, if the rules say let a let a one of the organizers know, if the rules say let the DM know, let the play space monitor know, let the dungeon monitor know, whatever they're calling them. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, one of the main things is we need to police our own also. Right. So and if somebody, so if somebody's interrupting your scene, I, and we, I actually had this happen at, uh, at the season speeding store. I was in the middle of kind of uh, bringing my bottom down from uh, a little rope that we were doing. And uh, we had somebody tap 
me and her on the shoulder start approaching us and say, oh, how did it feel when he was doing this to you? How did it feel? And she's still tied up. She's still actually in rope. And I, I, I leaned forward and I got in between the two of them while maintaining control and contact with her. I said, ask us later. We're still in the middle of a scene. Please s- step away and we'll find you or find us when we've completed our aftercare. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you have to be responsible for your own scene also. Right. Yeah. I think that especially if if you are topping someone and they are in a compromised position, it is your responsibility to care for the safety of that person. Um, or if you are part of a scene, um, yeah, that you need to watch, you know, your boundaries and your parameters and make sure that you are policing those. Mm-hmm. And if somebody if somebody continues after you you've spoken with them once, then let a let a uh, let one of the organizers know so that they can handle it. Right. With AIS, we tend to have a, a a I mean, people are new coming into the scene all the time, so it, you can't just randomly say you you sir you're an idiot you need to get out of here you need to go away. We yeah, usually it's just a matter of you know I you know yeah mm-hmm. correct. This is how behavior. this is how we handle this you mm-hmm. know. In this situation, and and please respect our boundaries. Afterwards, you're more than welcome to come up and ask us about it. Yep. And you want to educate also. Mm-hmm. I the people who interrupted my scene, I went to them and I said, "Hey, uh, this it's." And not- later, I saw you in in a scene with with that particular person was, it, instructing. Right. Yeah, I was you know, actually assisting. Was, right. I was actually assisting them in learning how to run a scene and 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 utilize vloggers and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I think that if you approach people, you know, and try to educate, I mean, we were all new once. Mm-hmm. We all had to be told something at one point. Mm-hmm. So. Now, if people continue to to to, to uh, step over your boundaries. Then and- feel free to take your Manola Blahnik heel and shove it right through their foot. Mm, yeah, no. No? No, I don't think so. I think that I I'm think, just trying to mention Manola Blahnik a few more times. You know, it's that subliminal thing, right? Manola Blahnik, Manola Blahnik. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can you can have your fantasy about somebody taking you shopping and buying you Manola Blahnik. Right. Okay, I knew so, I'd get him to say the name. Right. So if you so if if you want to get to the the bottom of of, of Sheba's heart and the, and um, or the bottom of Sheba's feet, right? <laughs> then then take her shopping and buy her some Manola Blahniks because it's certainly not going to be me. And if you want to contact me about that, you can find me <laughs> yeah. on FetLife at brat underscore Sheba, or you can find Barrick at, um, is it Sir Barrick or just Barrick? Um, where? On FetLife. On FetLife, it's just Barrick. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at brat underscore Sheba, or you can contact and follow AIS mm-hmm. um, underscore org on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at brat Sheba. You can also email us at Barrick N, the letter, that's the letter N, Sheba at AOL or Yahoo or Hotmail or Gmail mm-hmm. or wherever. You can also contact us uh, by going to the AIS website at adventuresinsexualityoneword.org or G. And if you totally forget everything on how to contact us, you could go to the Contact Us page on the adventuresinsexuality.org website and you'll be able to email. there's links to everything there's links to everything and you'll be able to email us directly from there mm-hmm. you can also if you have an interest in having us out to present at your party your event your um 
your kinky gathering, your kinky gathering, or your group leader, or whatever, and, and want us to come out and have some fun, share a little information and uh, and a little humor with you. You can take take a look at our personal presenter website at panpolybdsm.com, P-A-N-P-O-L-Y-B-D-S-M.com. Mm-hmm. And if you're wealthy and want us to set up a dungeon in your house for the night, we can also do that. So give us a shout, and we can come in, set up a dungeon, disappear, and come back in the morning, pick it up. We will be your dungeon in a box. Exactly. <laughs> so give us a shout if you're interested. Thanks for listening mm-hmm. to BSing with Barrick and Sheba. We will be back on the first Monday of next month, which is right after the new year on January 2nd. We will be back with stories, with anecdotes, with... Whatever. I'm done. Turn it off.